So welcome to the Strange on Purpose podcast. Welcome to the Strange on Purpose podcast. I'm Izzy. Let's get rolling. Honesty hour. I did not know what I was doing in regards to launching this podcast, and I wouldn't have been able to do it without Anchor. Anchor makes starting a podcast super, super easy and allows you to not only use their platform to distribute the podcast, but you can even go on your phone or computer and record and edit the podcast right on their platform. Best of all, it's totally, totally free. So if you're interested in starting a podcast, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. I'm Izzy, and I am delighted to be joined by Jeremy Green. Uh, he is doing some dope stuff. It is his second recording because he was in a bird sanctuary last time, and I don't know what was going on back there, but I'm super excited to have Jeremy on. I'm uh, honored, man, so thanks for joining me. Yeah, of course, man. Uh, sorry about the first recording. I'm a, I'm a bit of a nature boy, so, you know, shout out to Rick Flair. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so anybody that's listening, Jeremy, don't know who you are, um, don't know what you're building. Do you want to give a little bit of an intro as to who you are and what you work on? Yeah. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned, super earthy kind of guy, uh, very down to earth. Um, also founder of calling all creators, a sneaker design agency and uh, community platform, um, slash artists, you know, I can go into all the multi hyphenates, but, uh, that's what I do, uh, full time. Where's the vision coming from? Like, where, where'd you get started college and everything like that? Yeah. Um, so my background, I mean, you know, just growing up in sports, uh, basketball specifically, um, and everything that that's informed for, for sneaker culture. Um, always had an, an affinity for design, uh, specifically uh, architecture, and um, studied uh, sustainability actually in school. So, you know, coming out of all of that, I, I just had early thoughts of like, what does the future of sustainability in sneakers look like? Uh, which is actually uh, my senior thesis. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, took a couple pivots along the road, um, but started calling our creators as an introduction just to build community around that. And uh, here we are today. So calling all creators, like even before I followed it on Instagram um, and then got to know you a little bit, I was like, okay, looks like an Instagram page. Um, and maybe to the outside eye that doesn't know design like me and like most, it's just an Instagram page. So do you want to kind of dive a little bit deeper as to like what the, at least what you can talk about, obviously, but like a little bit of the vision as to what the future, what you're trying to build uh, in the, in the very near future? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so where we're at now is um, I draw the parallels to, uh, I mean, ironically, but um, the American government system and, um, just how all of the the changes, and I guess uh, I mean, started with awareness, started with transparency, or um, you know, an inkling of, of transparency, I should say, uh, but more specifically, awareness and, and access to information. Um, so, what we're trying to do and, and aiming to do in, in the long term vision is to really democratize uh, sneaker design and specifically product design. Um, you know, I classify the community as prosumers. Um, just sort of leveling up this idea that a lot of corporations have that consumers are just sort of like one track minded and, you know, they, they kind of tell and, and force stories upon them, both through product and through uh, narratives. And, and we aim to change that. And 
Um, we just want to have an equal contribution, not only to the stories, but, um, you know, in, in the traditional marketing sense, but, but through product design as well. I love that you hit on stories because that's what got me into uh, sneakers and in this industry in general is just like I was so enamored by the stories that were coming out on specific sneakers and everything like that. So when we talk sneakers and we talk about stories, was there or is there some like a old growing up pair that really like got you into the game? Uh, yeah, I mean, I remember my first, my first pair of Jordans were the infrared sixes, but I had no fucking clue like what Jordans were at that time. Um, or I mean, really like, you know, the appreciation of sneakers. Um, so the, the first time I really recognized that I like really appreciated sneakers was the, uh, the Jordan 13s. Um, you know, and, and it was the low top one specifically. And, uh, this kid in school, I mean, he, he wore, um, it was the um, I always remember the, the the colorway name, but it was like the the black and blue, whatever that that colorway was called. Um, he wore those, and then uh, another pair like back to back, and I was like, yeah, the, these are it. And then another <laughs> buddy of mine had the the bread, the mid top joints. So like that was the moment where I was like, yeah, I really like sneakers. Um, you know, and then fast forward to you know becoming an adult and getting a job and like actually being able to like really kind of you know be an aficionado in that sense. Um, and this is like early 2000s. So right when Jordan was really doing a lot of like the, the LS, like lifestyle stuff, um, you know, was sort of my era of sneakers. How important would it be to you as a black entrepreneur, but then you 10 years ago as a, a young kid in the culture, a black young kid in the culture, really getting started for, Reebok or one of these massive brands to be led by someone that looked like you like how important is that to like the next generation that's being grown and being grown in this like hype beast culture how important is it that you can look at a brand and say damn that guy that guy came from where I came from type of thing yeah man like it, it, it's funny like I'm actually have goosebumps right now because I mean the, the the pot for me right the the possibilities are endless like I I look at and I can only obviously apply like my own personal experience to that. But I, I first studied architecture and then I studied like sustainable urban design. Had I known the very traditional path to land and footwear, um, it would have looked different for me. But, you know, there weren't very many people that looked like me, or at least there wasn't a lot of media uh, presence in that sense. Um, so I think it's so important, man. Like it's it, it creates agency. It, it creates uh, awareness and transparency and and. You know, and in the root of all that is just inspiration. Like, you know, the, these kids would just be inspired to create limitlessly, which, you know, I think their access to information now is already afforded, but also being able to really kind of like look at someone else's blueprint. You know what I mean? Like, in, in you know, I, I bring that call back because I, I did have Reebok Classics, but what really hit me for Reebok, um, especially in that early 2000 period, was their transparency and authenticity to culture. I mean, you think about AI, you think about, I mean, I had uh, a couple pair of S-dots, um, you know, G-Unit, like they had all like the quote unquote, like cultural influencers at that time on their brand and on their roster. And it was just authentic because it was people that, 
you appreciate it. I mean, obviously coming from like music and sports and things like this, but like, it's so important, man. Like, I, I don't think there's, there's any level of like scale you can put on how important something like that is. I think, um, we lost a lot of that culture with Reebok, uh, when honestly it, it feels like it, over the last few years, um, since Addy, uh, bought them and, really turned them out and now putting them back up for sale it just feels like that culture like there wasn't a focus on it like there was and it might not have been on Reebok's part it might have been like budget slash and everything like that but I, I really do feel like that that side of it has changed but now I'm seeing I'm also seeing at the same time like their entire leadership group is changing um, even though they don't know what's going on in regards to ownership the leadership group is is starting to look like us which is super dope and then they're starting to bring more people that look like us to the table which uh is exactly what i mean it's the only thing that we can ask for as young black and brown creator i just called myself young i still think i'm old um <laughs> but like young black and brown creators that are trying to possibly work with these brands in the future or anything like that yeah no absolutely man like i said the this it's all inspiration, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, you appreciate the brands that are doing it or, or at least that are loud and, like, you know, just just very in your face with it. Like, hey, this is literally what we're doing. And, and Reebok is, has always been that. And, and definitely, like you said, like, they're coming back to it now. And, and you know, they're just being loud about it, which you have yeah. to be, you know? Like, you, you have to show those things. So when we talk about being loud about it, um, what's in the future for you, as as jeremy green the creator but then also like what are you trying to be loud about with calling all creators um those same things those same principles um you know diversity and inclusion um creating just more authentic stories um both through product and and through uh narration um but also just being transparent about the process like there, there's something i just shared um on my ig recently just about you know me not being this is like my first business my my first sort of like entrepreneur uh venture and you know it's, it's four going on five years in the making and yeah i feel like literally just now do i do i have a brand you know what i mean like yeah. Before it's just been a community. It's just been all right. We're we're building up energy. We're building up awareness. Like all great things. Don't get me wrong. And, and uh, also by design. But it's just it's one of those things where you know I, I just want to inspire um, you know kids like myself. You know, meaning like when I was eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, like whatever that age. Um, just being able to see people like me and also be a direct mentor for people like that. Um, and, and create opportunities, not only for myself and, and for my community and my agency, but for people that I've never met and, and maybe will never meet, but they want to follow that path. So as a black entrepreneur, mm -hmm. what's been the hardest thing about starting out? Uh, resources, number one. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the number one thing that we all need, of course, but yeah, I mean, and, and not even in the very you know, literal sense of like, you know, materials or, or funding or, um, but even just mentors and uh, leadership training and access to information and uh, access to certain networks and, and rooms and, um, you know, information, essentially, 
um, by far the biggest thing is is lack of resources and still is very much so. Like a lot of brands and uh, companies felt bad last year, but the reality is they don't give a shit this year. Like, and, and that's just my personal experience, but I mean, you see it all online. Like the, the, I think it was 50 billion, right? Was the total figure that was sort of pledged for, for businesses. Um, and only quite literally like a half a percent of that has been accounted for. Think budgets are being <laughs> yeah budgets are being reallocated and and it, it's not a focus anymore and it, it's absolutely crazy um so to build off that as an entrepreneur as a black entrepreneur just getting started what was one thing that you weren't like that came out of left field for you that you weren't ready for Ooh, man um well, I I know, and I'm still learning this, but I know um, the reason why I even started all this is is my time in, in corporate America and, and kind of being um, passed over like far too many times in, in leadership roles. So this isn't something that's specific to entrepreneurship. It's just it's it's a general problem, right? For for corporations specifically in America, um, in the United States, I should say. Um, but I sell that to say just pacing yourself like had i mean of course like hindsight of course is 2020 like had i known what i know now you know when i started cac like obviously much different energy but i feel like those are all lessons and you know you can chalk them up as losses in, in that sense but like i use this analogy with, with someone else um and they're a big star wars fan but i'm like you gotta lose a couple x-wings to destroy the death star mm. um and you know what i mean by that just contextually is that like everything that appears to be a loss definitely in that moment is not necessarily a loss like they're just pivots and redirections but um one of my favorite quotes from kobe is that like when you decide something like that's your decision right like he decided I'm going to be one of the greatest basketball players ever. He mimicked some of the greats. He added his own little flair to it. And he inspired an entire generation and multiple generations just simply off that one decision. And, and that's sort of where I've been and, and have always known. So I've paced myself a lot, but it's, it's, it's an ongoing process for me, for sure. And just, you know, just everything that comes with, with operating a business and specifically the early years when it's quite literally just you. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to rally people around your vision. And, um, you know, a lot of times you're bootstrapping and you don't have the money. And, um, you know, it's all the sort of challenges that come with that. Um, it's just staying focused and, and, you know, just staying to your pace and, and running your marathon. What makes you stranger on purpose, Jeremy? Uh, well, I'm definitely a weirdo for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, just my uniqueness. Um, you know, I've had the privilege of being in spaces that uh, a lot of folks like me haven't been in um, and specifically like black males um, but also you know just just being curious to be honest like um, curiosity is, has taken me far like further than any sort of skill set like quote unquote you know what I mean like you can understand something and that's great but like to be really curious about something to me is, is is a different level of uh like agency that that you sort of bring to the table um 
so yeah I, I think that that's that's for our land curiosity <laughs> where can uh where can people find out more where can people follow you jeremy and and calling all creators and, and get involved in the work yeah yeah um ig is the easiest place um things are kind of slow right now just as we're uh, working on a whole brand overhaul, um, but that'll be the easiest place. Uh, the website will be back back up and running. Uh, but IG is uh, calling all creators, all one word. Um, the web page is just callingallcreators.co, not .com. Um, and then for me personally, it's jeremym.green on IG. Um, and then my, my personal uh, webpage should be up and running soon. And that's just jeremygreen.io. I appreciate you jumping on the Strange on Purpose podcast, Jeremy. Of course. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Strange on Purpose. If you haven't already, make sure to give us five stars, four stars, anything under three, keep it to yourself on the App Store. And check us out on Instagram at Strange on Purpose, strangeonpurpose.co on our website. And follow our guests today. It would mean the world to them. Thanks again.